Welcome to the David Watson Podcast. In today's episode, it's round three with Lindsay Burden. And today, I finally had a chance to talk to her about coaching and her coaching business. And also, we caught up on her health since I last saw her. And thankfully, it's all good. Now, I do hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you enjoy listening. I would really, really appreciate it if you could like, subscribe and comment. And also, please check out Lindsay's website. Check out all of the guests whenever you listen to a podcast. Please, if you enjoy the podcast, do take the time to check them out, the services they offer, and give them support. And without further ado. Good afternoon. Welcome again to the David Watson Podcast. Thank you for inviting me back. You're very welcome, and thank you for the little time adjustment we had to do for my vaccine. At, uh, so is everything good and well with you? It is. I mean, apart from anything, it's a beautiful sunny day. I looked out the window, which you can't, no one else can see the window or see me looking out. That's <laughs> but that's yeah. not much help to anyone else. I looked out of the window yeah. um, and I've had to pull the blind. To, but it's just a really beautiful day and I've had a really lovely week. So it feels nice to end on a high in the sunshine. Yeah, abso- absolutely. Absolutely. One of the reasons, because this is actually the third podcast we've done. I know, you must be bored talking to me. Like I know, that. actually. I like the fact that we get into some random conversations. And <laughs> the second one we did was about your breast cancer and everything. How is all that now? Is that all good? Were you all clear? Yes, I'm all fine because I had a mastectomy. I am cancer-free and I didn't need any radiotherapy or chemotherapy. So I am all good. Back to full Fantastic. health, as they say. Excellent. But apart from the fact uh, we do tend to get to random conversations when you and I start talking, is it occurred to me that the reason I was introduced to you in the first place is because you're a bist- uh, biscuit, a business coach. You can tell I've just had some biscuits, a, bis- uh, a business coach. Um, yeah. And that's originally why I got you on the first podcast. But we actually hardly spoke about it. I know, it's crazy. We just Do- chat, don't we? <laughs> we did, yeah. We did just get into random chats and stuff. So just to sort of follow that, how are you coping in COVID lockdown again with the children back at home, homeschooling? And... Homeschooling. Well, I'm very fortunate in that my husband, due to ill health, that this, this is going to sound like a random sentence, but I'm very fortunate due to the ill health of my husband. <laughs> He's given up work. Um, it's, it's silver linings. Work. Yeah, there's a silver lining in everything, isn't it? Um, so, yes, my husband is no longer working as of the 1st of January. So he's taken over homeschooling. So for me... Um, it doesn't really impact me having the kids at home. It didn't really impact me last year. But in what I have noticed, see, already the random conversations, what I have noticed, I think last year we dealt with lockdown in a very different way. And this year I'm certainly seeing more people, particularly women with children, who are finding it much harder. And in some respects, I think that's because the way we are homeschooling is different. Before homeschooling was, if you got them to do anything, that was enough <laughs> and now you are being given assignments so you have to get your children to complete a number of things each day is the theory so my husband sits with um, my son and works through he was very excited because he was up early today and finished by 12 um, and Maisie's a bit older so she does her own thing but yeah it is very different but I'm very fortunate that it hasn't had an impact on my business because I can continue to work and I have an office in our house and I shut the door and I hide away. 
<laughs> do you go back in at the end of the day with like, right, can I just a little checklist? I want to make sure you lot have been doing this properly. No, I get called in sometimes. I, um, my son sometimes comes in to tell me that daddy doesn't understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> we need additional he's help. Only nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's only nine. Um, so yeah, it's a little concerning. Um, but sometimes it's just, um, my husband that for medical reasons doesn't process things as quickly and I just go, it's da 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 da. And, and sometimes my daughter comes in. But actually, that's that's why I wanted to have a, I wanted my own business because yeah. I wanted to be able to run it around my family. And I wanted to be here for my family. So actually, you know, I say the door's closed. It's only really closed when I'm coaching. And even then, to be honest, it's not unusual for them to come in and say hello. I have lovely clients. They don't mind. I think... I- I know it wasn't with you, but I, I think I might have told you this before when I had a podcast with a guy called Gid Sedgwick, who's a, a musician and music producer and stuff. And my niece walked in in the middle of the podcast. And I was just like, oh, right. So I then just gave her the headphones and got her to talk to Gid. And it and she did like, you know, all eight, nine-year-old girls do. She went incredibly shy. Like, who's this random stranger? And I left it in the podcast. I never edited it out. It's still there for people to watch my niece having a random conversation with this guy who she'd never met. And Gid was an actual legend and started talking to her. <laughs> most of my clients will say hello and they know the names of my children anyway, so most of the time they'll say hello. But you know, that's because I work with amazing people. Yeah. Um, and actually that's because our circumstances since March last year have changed and our expectations have changed, I think. And, and what is acceptable has changed. Well, this is it. I think because everybody who, anybody who's had a lot of experience with Zoom meetings because of, um, I don't know why I suddenly went Zoom meetings and lifted my voice, but is we, we everybody is just used to this now because people are working from home, and and you know up and down the country and around the world there's been some high end executive meetings, and someone's kid has come running in, daddy, daddy, mummy, mummy, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And like you know the chairman of the board is like, oh, I'm gonna have to take five here, guys. Um, I just got to sort the kids out, <laughs> you know. And yeah. there's some lowly workers it like. It has become more normal. Yeah, it has. It has become. You know. I think it, and I think that's a good thing. I think that's about, you know, finally we're we're seeing that our businesses and recognizing that our businesses are not separate from who we are outside of the office. And I think that's a really important message, you know, or a really important change that perhaps will come out of this situation that is COVID. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting isn't it? because. on one hand it's broken down a lot of barriers my fear and and this is the skeptic and the cynic in me the the fear because i know what i potentially could be like as a business owner is if you can work from home what other country could i get it done in there is that i would i mean for me as a business coach i can and always have been able to coach anyone and anywhere. And I actually think this, um, I have a client who does outsource um, outside of this country. And I've met other people before who have done it. So it wouldn't be a new thing. And actually there is something really important about when we're outsourcing and looking for help and support in our business, the cheapest help and support and sometimes that is what is what happens having said that certainly the client that i've got who outsources work i mean they they 
absolutely it is a godsend to their business and it works and they couldn't get that work done here yeah but i mean so I, I do i do agree i do agree um it, my more concern is because like you you and i are quite individual in the sense that you know you, you work from home your business is designed for that you are the brand and the product you know it's the same when i coach I it's the same when i'm podcasting and stuff so actually it's because of what we do that is unique that allows us to have this flexibility but when you think of those like i think of some of the engineering projects i've worked on and stuff like that is actually you could have probably got rid of two-thirds of us and outsourced it to another country because we were just doing the admin tasks that are required because of the sheer volume of paperwork that is turned up you know and that and it's it's that churning out of the mill and all of those engineers and all those draftsmen could have done any of that work from anywhere in the world as long as you had that qualification or that experience and but when you have these big companies big projects big organizations there's a huge amount probably one third of the workforce is actually just what you need to support that environment you know they provide a service as opposed to actually doing something practical i've lost you now oh you're back that was very strange david i it looked like i was you were you were you were like that did you, did you worry then that I'd had some vaccine side effects? <laughs> like we joked about earlier. So, well, and, and I don't actually know where you live. So, you know, I could have dialed 999. <clears throat> There's a man and he needs your help, but I have no idea where he is. Yeah. Uh, yes, that was quite interesting. They probably get that quite frequently. That was a very strange side effect. <laughs> but yeah, so, so what I was rambling on about. Yeah. So what I was rambling on about is that the larger the workforce under one roof, the more people you need to support that workforce, either it be cleaners, receptionists, um, admin staff, whatever. You know, so like when I, like I said, when I was on big engineering projects and there was like a thousand people in a building, the engineers actually produced something, but about one third of the staff were there to support the engineers to produce it, you know, whether it be you know, just simple things like filing, you know, photocopying. You know what I mean? Runners around the office, you know, and all of those support staff and stuff that you get. I know what you're saying, but I'm on the other side because yeah. <laughs> on the other side, uh, because and I, I'm not. I wish I'd known you were going to say all this because I would have looked it up. There is a huge number of people who have started businesses. There is a huge number of people who have pivoted. That lovely word that we overused in yeah. 2020. No, their business, they had to pivot their businesses, but it's opened up opportunities. So I think there will always be a natural ebb and flow, and that's yeah. okay, and that's what makes the world go around, and that's what makes life interesting. So I think there naturally will be an ebb and flow, and there will naturally be those kind of changes that we will see and where some engineering may come slowly to uh, not end, but change in the way it does it. Something else will come up, and that's just the way of the world. Yeah, no, no. I mean, there's truth of that because that's how we ended up with all these microbreweries. You know, people yeah. start becoming quite inventive. You know, look at all the different cheeses you get now. Or, you know, everything that can be done lo locally, or do you know what I mean? There's something either local or folklore about it. There's always some sort of they, they, you know we adapt, and there's always little nuances that throw up these things. You know, 
just people the amount of people that now produce honey you know and it was quite interesting is over the um, sort of the last 10 months or however long lots of number of years and some of my clients have not been able to open their doors so it's made them look at their businesses differently and made them go well actually I, I never wanted to do that online because and now they're sort of saying okay well would it work and, and it's given them the opportunity to test working in different ways and i think that's what's really exciting and that you know can come out of this awful pandemic that we have been in is that there are new opportunities and businesses have been able to change the way they work they've been able to open up new um, revenue streams and avenues of working and i think that's really really exciting and that that for me i've had a real privilege to work with a number of clients who've not been able to open their doors um, and who still committed to working with me and, and they're people that you know, I, I so admire because they were saying, okay, I can't do that. So what can I do? What, where can I put my time? What, you know, what can I do in my business? And looking again, and although I don't like the word pivot, cause I just think it was all popular once and then it's come back again, <laughs> but these are businesses that have gone, okay, I can't do it in that way. What didn't I want to do before and why? Is there another, you know, another way of doing it? And, and they've had to be really creative. That's a much better word. Yeah. You know, businesses have been creative. And I think that's really, really exciting. And, and certainly it's a privilege to work alongside people that are doing that and be part of that journey. And it's interesting as well, because like you say, people have had to become more creative with their businesses about taking them online. And Absolutely. because we can't go one-to-one -one with people and actually see them face-to-face, everybody else the, the consumers themselves have become much more adaptable to receiving services yeah. online so it, it they kind of are marrying up together by default yeah and we're finding a natural way and i hope that that continues i think because for a lot of businesses it has opened up opportunities for them and hopefully you know going forward and out when our new normal air quotes um comes along we'll be able to continue with some of those things because for some of my clients it's made the difference between rushing from pillar to post and actually being quite worn out by that to bringing some of their elements you know online and being given them breathing space which has been really interesting well it is isn't it because we are now we have just as a culture have just accepted zoom meetings yeah, five, five years ago you would have laughed it out of any room even though people used to kind of do these weird web conferences, you know, where you used to have like um, live meetings across, you know, different countries and stuff. It was always a big palaver. It was always a big hassle. It used to take a lot of setting up and you used to go to a special room in an, in an office building somewhere. Do you know what I mean? And the IT geek would be there setting it all up and, and all of that. Uh, whereas now we all just, that's just straight off the laptop off an app. I actually think that, COVID has, I know certainly in my business, you know, and particularly having breast cancer last year, I, it's made me look at my business and how I operate and wanting to operate more easily. Yeah. And making it easy for me to operate, but equally easy for my clients to come and work with me. And it's made me slow down. And by slowing down, I've actually doubled my income and doubled my profit. So I've proved all the tools and techniques and strategies that I use in my business um, to show how it can actually work. Because I think the other thing I, I, I think I've noticed over the last 12 months is that everyone was in this mode of busy. I've got to be busy. I've got to be busy. Yeah. And I have always been passionate about, which is another word I don't really like, like pivot, but 
have always been um, super passionate about helping business owners find the easiest way for them to achieve the results that they wanted. And that's always been key. It's always been about what do you want to achieve and how can we get you there in a way that's easy? But what the last 12 months has really shown me and I can see now threading through my clients is that they're going, do you know what? I can't be busy any longer. I don't want to push any longer. I want the same level of success. I want the same level of income, sometimes wanting more income, but I don't want to have to work hard. And we've been fooled into thinking that we have to work hard. So I've been doing a lot of um, mindset uh, training and money mindset training with my academy group and talking about, hey, what are those old stories we hear? You know, money doesn't grow on trees, you've got to work really hard for it, you know, you can't have it unless you've you know, earned the money for it. And, got to go to school and work hard and all, all of those stories that we've been told. But who says we have to work really hard? Why is it we have to work really hard? Why can't we make it easier for ourselves to create the income that we want that enables us to live the life that we want? And I think that's been the missing connection I always talk about with my um, clients. We need to close the loop. So this is what you want to achieve in your business, whether it's working three days a week and earn 20K months, you know, whatever it is, whether it's you want to earn 3K months, whatever that is, what does that mean to you in the business? So does that mean you can get more help? Does that mean you can improve your systems? Does that mean that you can bring in some software that makes it easier to work with your clients? But what do you want to take out of the business to pay yourself? And what do you want to do with that? Is it that you want to spend more time with loved ones? I don't know if you've read it, but there is um, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. I have read that, yeah. And the four hour body, does. the four hour chef, tools of time. To be honest, I'm only halfway through that one. Um, it's a very large book, and I got other It is, yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the things that really struck me is he talks about we've all heard those people say, Oh, when I retire, when I retire, I'm going to do this. When I'm going to retire, I'm going to do that. I'm going to retire. And they never, ever retire. They don't actually retire because they don't know what to do with the time that they have. It's the same if you're telling me, if my client is telling me, I only want to work four days in this week. Part of the work we have to do is decide what they want to do with the three days, because otherwise there's no connection to the business and there's no impetus to make it happen. Um, And I'm all about making it happen. It's interesting because I think it was Tim Ferriss where I learned about the final idea of success. Because he said over the years he'd met people who were like, if I can turn this business into £250,000 a year, $250,000 a year, I'll be happy. They meet, meet that, reach that milestone and then they're like, well, what if I can do it a million dollars a year? And they, so they chase that. Then they chase the five million, the 10 million. And, he says, and then they get to 65, three divorces later, and realise they were at their happiest when they were at 250000 I think there's a couple of things there. One is they didn't aim high enough in the first place. <laughs> so part of the yeah. work that I do with my clients is I say, okay, let, we need to get really clear. I always say we need to be clear of where you want to be in 10 years because from that point we just work backwards and then we really focus on what we need to do in the next 12 months. And until you know where you want to go in 10 years' time, it's really difficult to, to, yeah. make, to create the momentum that you need. And what happens is they go, I said, what do you want to do? And they were like, well, it would be quite nice. And, you know, I'd like this. Whoa, 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 no, 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 no. 
I want what makes you really excited. I want to know what's that secret thing. And women are really good at this. We hide it. Yeah. Now, I'm sure, and no disrespect to any men, and I'm sure men do it as well. But I think men are much better at state going, that's what I want. We hide it because we're not worthy because we're still new to the workforce. We're, we're still new to being a big yeah. earner. All those, you know, historical things that we're bringing with us. But it, what I want is I want to know what's really inside. And I want to feel that bubble of excitement as it comes out. Yeah. And, and there's something really special about when you start prodding and poking and then it starts coming. And, and then they start and they can't stop telling you about their dream. And I go, that's what you want. And I think that may ha- be that case where you just go, well, I'll, I'll get to 250K a year and, and you know, see how that goes. I'll just try. Where actually, if they'd gone, do you know what? I want to be a multimillionaire. I want to be a multimillionaire. They could have done it much, much faster. What they did is they possibly went for what felt okay to do, or they felt that that was achievable. But if you say that, you know, quite often what I see, particularly with income levels, say, what do you want to earn? I always push people up because if you say I want to earn. You know, it, it, the figures are irrelevant because they're always yeah. very personal. But if somebody says to me they want to be earning um, £2,000 a month, for instance, the chances of us getting there, it, it's going to be hard because they're not, you know, they won't quite reach it in the first month. So they go, well, actually, one and a half would be nice. Maybe 1000 a month. Yeah. You, know, you want 2K, we need to aim for five. So keep pushing them up so that you're always looking forward and always dreaming that little bit bigger um, and I think that's one of possibly one of the reasons but also the other thing I was going to say is I talk all the time about slow down and enjoy the journey if you're not celebrating every tiny win if you're not you know really getting excited about the first time you hit your milestone or for every client that comes in you're missing the journey yeah if you're so focused here and pushing to get there You've not learned, you've not grown, and you've not enjoyed the journey. And and like, if we've learned anything in the last 12 months, life's too short to be wasting it. So actually, where do you really want to be? Let's do it, you know, slightly slower, and let's enjoy the journey as we go. And I think this is really, really important that people, first of all, know where they want to go, and then we can work out how to get there. But don't limit yourself and women particularly but i'm sure men do it are really good at limiting themselves and it's time to say no don't be ashamed if you want to be a millionaire state it no i agree five years tell me be strong and be brave and that's what i think i think the main if i'm going to add a difference between men and women is like you're saying that women hold it back and, and, and don't just you know are not honest about it I think men are dishonest about it sometimes as well. In we will from a point a sense of bravado, puff our chest up and say, "Ah, I'm going to dominate the market. I'm going to be a world beater. I'm going to." But there's no substance to it. And just like whether it's male or female, then when the challenges and the obstacles come up, there's no foundations to push them over the wall to to get through it. And like, oh, you know, and that's when you kind of find out right, what did it really mean to you, and what does it really mean to you? Because, you know, you're getting ready to quit here. And this is supposed to be the dream you're passionate about. Yeah. Was, um, one of the, I would say, I always talk about keys. There's been lots of yeah. keys in my business and they all shift me forward. And one of the keys for me was about three, four years ago when um, I used to go and have coffee 
with a local businessman. Very, very successful. And I used to love, and I would just be really apologetic about taking his time. But he loved, you know, just having coffee, talking about all that was going on. And I remember him saying, you know, what's your 10-year plan? I said, well, I don't really have one. He said, I can't think past tomorrow, jokingly. And I've known him long enough to say that. He was like, you need to get one, Lindsay. I was like, do I? Do I really need to get one? And I had this long conversation with him, and I really took it to heart. Yeah. And I went home, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have one. So how can I do this for me? And I think this is the challenge in business. I'm to my clients to create their own blueprint for success. Because if there was a blueprint for success and it worked and it really was $27 on Facebook, we'd all be multimillionaires by now. Yeah. And it's because we need to create our own journey and our own um, blueprints for success. So I thought, okay, how can I do this that works for me? And I created something that I now call the Planning with Alignment document. And I always say to my clients, it gives them, it's just an A4 piece of paper. I say, right, hop in the time machine, put yourself 10 years in the future and just have a ball dreaming. And that's the way I did it. I went, okay, well, I find it really hard to think that far into the future and ask my husband, I'm not great at visualization. He was talking about doing something with the windows earlier. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can't see it in my head. But you, you managed so a 10 year really, plan. This was the start of, I could do something think what great windows look like. Yeah. So I, was, I just thought, I just need to dream really big with no limitations. So I always say, go 10 years into the future no limitations, no ifs, buts, maybes, and no worrying about the how and just dream big. Yes. And then I work on my way backwards. Because then I can say in, in the next 12 months, what are the key things I need to do in this 12 months that will move me towards that? And there's lots of reasons we don't like 10-year plans. You know, How do I know what I want to do? It's your plan. I say this all the time. It's your business, your plan, your rules. Next year, you're going to go back to that plan and you will change it and you tweak it. So I think, one, we're scared of doing that, but actually it was a massive turning point. And it's that, I think it's Bill Gates that said, um, you will see, seriously overestimate um, what you can achieve in one year and underestimate what you can achieve in 10. And it's so true, but once you can see forward, it helps you to not overwhelm yourself, to plan properly, and to not put so much on your plate that you've got no chance. And I, I would say, um, I used to consider myself the planning ninja. If you want a business plan, 10 pages long, it's got SWOT analysis, it's got objectives, you know, there, there will be a, you know, an action plan on top of that. I'm your woman. But I never implemented it because I wasn't aligned to it. It didn't mean anything to, yeah. it, to me. And actually, I just filled this plan. One, it wasn't 10 years. It was only five years, but I just filled it with all this stuff I needed to do in the next 12 months. And then I'd get to the end of 12 months and go, I haven't done any of that. And then you just go, well, why not? And berate yourself. Hmm. So actually this way of working, which I had to develop myself, works really well with my clients because I just go, it's no ifs, buts, maybes. You don't have to worry about the how. Just dream big. Think yeah. big. And I think this is so important. I use the sat-nav analogy a lot. And until you put the destination into sat-nav, you're just sat in your driveway. So until you decide what it is you truly want, you're going to be sat on your driveway. <laughs> so once you know where you want to go, you plug it into SatNav. What's really special and clever about SatNav, when they work well, is that you know if you can, they help you go around the obstacles, through the traffic jams, finding alternative journeys. As long as you've got the end destination in mind, the journey can do a little bit of ebb and flow. Who knows? It might take you off down a track and find the most beautiful pub in the country that you didn't know was there. You know, 
that's the beauty of knowing where to go. You don't have to worry quite so much about the journey. You can have a greater flow attachment to that journey. And I'm all about flow and I'm all about making it easy. I can't be bothered if it's hard. No, no, I, I genuinely agree because I think one of the things people underestimate is the hardest part sometimes of the journey is getting momentum. You know, and it can feel, like, you know, when you look a couple of weeks ahead, like you, know, you have a 10-year plan and you're looking a couple of weeks ahead and you're like, I can't figure out the next two weeks, how I'm going to figure out the next 10 years. And the point is valid. But once you start building up that momentum, it kind of becomes perpetual motion or a self-fulfilling philosophy. And it, and it takes you there whether you want to go or not. You know, and it kind of does become this unstoppable machine. But you have to, almost like any heavy object, you have to start pushing it first. And then once it starts moving, it, it, it goes downhill and it doesn't need you anymore. And I think there's also this thing around, we're really impatient, we want it all now. Yeah. And I felt that a little bit last year for me. I was like, oh, I've been doing this work and it just doesn't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Yeah. And I did the one thing I tell my clients to do. I sat down and I thought back six, six months and I wrote down everything that I had done and it was about June time and I had this massive realization that I was creating. So my first operation for breast cancer was in March. Well, from March forward, I was creating consistent income months. Okay. I had doubled my income and doubled my profit. But because I was so, and I wasn't busy because that, that would be the wrong thing to say, but because I was focused on the direction and the thing, I'd forgotten to enjoy the journey. And it was only when I looked back and went, Oh, and I've done this and I've got that sorted and I've simplified this. It was like, look how much I achieved in just a short period of time. We're so focused on it happening. We're so focused on wanting it now that we don't enjoy the journey. We don't slow down for the journey. Um, and I think that's often why people get fed up because they can't see it happening quick enough. And, and that's when they start to you know, buy anything that's shiny. And how many times have we seen you know, people that... I've done this course and I've done that course and I've done that course and I'm still stuck. Yeah, stop buying the courses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I implement say that a lot. one of them. Just stop. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. stop. You've done enough courses. Um, and I have said that to many a client. Please stop doing the courses. But Let's if, get Because we, you get that a lot, don't you? We, you, I, and I know this from personal experience. Um, Caroline, who you know, my therapist, mm. would would tell you this about me. The biggest, if I have an issue about anything is that I'm always trying to figure out how. So just let's let it unfold, let it happen on its own. Yeah. You know, set set the big idea, set the, the journey in motion. But I'm like, well, okay, what, what, once we hit... So we're coming out of my house, we've turned onto the A303. Right, the sat-nav set, you don't... Well, when's the next junction? Where the... Do you know what I mean? I've, I've got to know the answer to everything. And it's... Yeah, there's, uh, yeah it's, it's actually that... That's that perpetual motion. What you're not doing is not giving yourself, and I see this with clients, and I've done it myself, we're not giving ourselves the space to receive creative solution. Yeah. We're so busy trying to find the answer. <clears throat> Our poor subconscious mind is going, okay, I'll tell you what, when you're ready and you stop thinking about it, I'll give you the solution. But until you get there, I'm not giving it to you. I was, um, I'd made a decision that I was going to do webinars. I'm going to do a webinar every month. Then I thought, webinar every month's a bit much because I want to be doing sort of a live experience. So I'll do one every other month. 
and um, go, right, I'll have to work out how to do it on Zoom or find some other platform. And my, I always choose um, a word or words for the year. And my words for 21 are the same as 20 and it's fun and easy. I suddenly went, do you know what? This is just not fun and easy. I'm not doing it. And then I, in the instant that I said, <laughs> I'm not doing webinars. I'm having a sulk, sulk. You can all piss well, off. It wasn't a sulk. I just went, it's not fun. It's not easy. And I, I don't want to do it. And then from nowhere it came, well, why don't you just do Facebook Lives to a month? Because you love going live. You love being on Facebook. And you can promote those really easily. Why don't you do that instead? I was like, oh, my goodness. Why didn't I just do that instead? And it's because I'd gone, do you know what? I'm trying, I'm trying too hard. Yeah. And I just stopped. And the minute I did, I just went, oh, I'm gonna do that instead. That's actually that feels fun and easy. That's exactly what I did with my podcast. I <clears throat> the first thing I did was just basically told Caroline she'd be my guest, my first guest. Because it was kind of her not her idea. So I'd already always wanted to do podcasts or had done for a few years. We kind of kept coming up with excuses and could, I could always find a reason why I couldn't do them because this wasn't right. I didn't know enough about this, blah, blah, blah. And in one of my sessions, and this is that I have to have everything in the right place in the right order and then I'll move forward thing. And in one of my sessions, Caroline kind of like, was just like enough. Why can't you just have a what the fuck box? Just, you've got to have all these boxes that are, t- yeah, I think I have told you before, you've got all these things you need to tick. What happened to just what the fuck? So I literally apply that to everything now. <clears throat> so as soon as she said that, I was just like, hmm. So the next time, I, the next session, I was like, I'm going to do a podcast and you're going to be my first guest because it's technically your fault. All right. Yeah. And it's- I didn't know, sorry, I, I, I didn't know how to do a podcast. So I booked the date with Caroline. So then, right, well, now you're going to have to figure it out. A guy called Carlton realised that I didn't know what I was doing and was like, well, actually, you're going to need this bit of software. You can't do it off Zoom like you think you can, blah, blah, blah. And I had nothing else figured out after that, except I was trying to line up a couple of guests, people I knew. And the thing that I had to really rein in is this knowing who my guests would be and getting it under control. And that when I relaxed into that, that's when I came up with the idea of I will just ask my guests to, if they know somebody that would want to do it. And of course, Caroline introduced me to you. You happen to be a business coach and you introduced me to loads of people. I just keep sending them. You do. Do, do you know what I mean? And, and this is, there's a perpetual motion now. I've, I've done two podcasts. This is my second podcast this week. I think I've got two next week. I've got, I've got two the, next, the week after. And I, I'm always looking for new introductions and that's not dropping a hint, by the way, but please do is, but it has worked that idea that just came to me when I decided I'll just let it sort itself out. It is that at the end of every podcast, I said to my guests, if you know anybody would like to be on, you know, and now I've talked, spoken to people all around the world. There's a phrase I use is not now when. Yeah. And it's so true that, and I have worked with people and I would like, when I just do this, I'll do that. And not just people I've worked with them, and I hear it a lot. When my website's live, I'll do this. When I've got that, I'll do that. And I just need to get to this income level, and then I'll do this. What are you waiting for? If not now, when? Yeah. And I always say as well that if it, we're always, there will always be something. 
So last year, there was the pandemic. But if there had been no pandemic, I still would have had breast cancer. There will always be something. There will always be something that will, um, I was going to say get in your way, but I don't think that's true. I don't think things come along to get in our way. I think things come along to enable us to grow, enable us to move forward and find another way of doing it. So there will always be something. I would... pandemic will be back to brexit i look at it another way i find there is i definitely take your point that things come along to help us grow but i also think the universe just chucks in little things to make you decide if you really want it or not i'm always talking about the universe tests yeah and i in fact i've got clients now that go oh Lindsay, the universe is really testing me and they would never have said that before working with me i got one with them, <laughs> my internet's not been working for the answer tests you far from the universe i'm not i i struggle with that because i like you I, I always sort of giggle to myself when something happens and i go oh universe you're testing me but i'm not sure if if they are tests i i i think they're just opportunities to grow again the reason I say tests, but again, very, you know, completely happy with the way that you're looking at it, is because it's the difference between those people that use it as an excuse to stop or those that just, okay, I'll just carry on anyway. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, do, do you know, yeah, I, I, I know was, I had uh, for three years had wanted to do a podcast, but it'd come up with loads of reasons, self doubt, not to do it. Right. And, and it went, ranged from everywhere, everything from I didn't know how to do it to not thinking that I was good enough to do it. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. you know, I could put a hundred reasons in a hat, pull out any one of them, and they would all be valid in no particular order. Right. So, but it was that moment, like, you know, that Caroline effectively was the what the fuck. It's the, if not then, if not now, when? And it's just like, no, you're right. It has to be done now. And then I had plenty of opportunities because I found out things I didn't realise beforehand that I needed to learn, download, buy, and all of this. Now, I didn't have a mic or anything. I didn't really know, realise it was that important. And then I discovered that the reason everything was so loud is because the levels were wrong. And I had to learn how to change the levels on my computer and all of this and tie it in with audio software and everything. But each one of them could have been a reason for me not to do it instead of just... But you'd already got to that point of saying yes. And I think that's the difference. Sometimes there is something we want to do. And for you, it was the podcast and it took three years. I also think there's probably a reason. I think because everything works out at the perfect time. Yes. Whether we like it or not, or whether it's our perfect time, <laughs> is irrelevant. Everything works out at the perfect time. And you having that conversation with Caroline was the perfect time. Yeah. And I always called that as well. I think it's really important. But again, that's really easy for me to say because I, I read a lot of stuff about manifestation and law of attraction. So it's, it's easy for me to say that. But I, do, you know, I, I truly do believe that everything works out perfectly and it works out in in perfect time but sometimes we we want it sooner or we think we're not ready oh no i definitely but it want will always work out i definitely definitely hands down want everything yesterday and that's not quick enough i i want it before i even thought i needed it 
rat shadow down. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I look at the universe, and it's like the slowest delivery system on earth. Do you know what I mean? I think you need to let go of the outcome, and the universe will deliver it quicker. While you're holding that, you are resisting the receiving of. It's like Caroline's in your ear right now. Law of attraction stuff. When you're pushing and you're pushing and you're saying, I want it now, I want it now, I want it now, the universe can't deliver. The other thing is make sure that you're really clear on what you want. Well, I, that's the thing that I think holds back most people is what you think you want and what you actually want are very, very different. And one of the analogies that I use with my own clients is everybody thinks they want to win the lottery. And kind of everyone does, you know, like everyone would love to win. And But when you break it down with them, they break it down to, well, you know, I wouldn't want 100 million euros. That's too much. Not everyone's like that, but people do start. No, I, I just, it'd be great if the mortgage was paid off, if I could have a new car. And it's right. So really what winning a large sum of money represents is not worrying about how bills are going to be paid, the roof over your head. You, what you actually want is a stress-free life. But you're telling the universe you can only get that if you win the lottery. Yeah. And actually we can live it because we can, we, we can experience what we want now if yeah. we just stop to, to start. Because there is abundance all around us if we, if we stop to see it, where money's concerned anyway. It's all around us, but we're just often so fixate, fixated on a, on a particular point or a particular amount. I also think we, you know, like you say, we have to be really, really clear what we want. And yeah. we have to be really clear on why. Um, I, I've done some lives recently where I kept saying, it, you know, it's great that you know what you want to do. And um, <clears throat> in fact, I worked with a client um, the other day. I haven't worked with her for about, I don't know, about a year. And she was saying, yeah, she was quite stuck. And she said, but I'm doing this and I'm doing this. I'm doing my journaling. I'm doing this and I'm doing this. I said, but you're paying lip service to it. Like it was a massive realization, and I, and I see that we get, and I know I do myself sometimes. I go, I'm journaling, I'm meditating, I'm adding tapping now, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Why isn't it happening? Oh my! We have to just keep digging deeper, and we have to keep going below the level each time, and until we're able to be really honest with ourselves and just keep digging, we always have to, you know, ask why. And I did this live in the same way. You say, you know, what is your why? What's your purpose? What is it you want to do? And then keep asking yourself, and why? And why? And yeah. why? Because that's when you get deeper and you get into the levels. And then that's, you know, when the universe goes, I know what they want. But this now is it. I can deliver it. Because this is it. We, we, we're, I need to say this carefully because I want people to understand. But we are quite shallow creatures when it comes to our desires. In the sense of, like I say, like people will say they want to win the lottery. But when you get them to say, like, why, 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 what it breaks down to is some months they feel like they're living hand to mouth. Other months they feel like, oh, I've done well this month. I've got a few hundred quid in the bank. But then the, the MOT on the car is due and they need a set of tyres. And they always feel they're in that position where they feel they're surviving. You know, and they kind of like, without trying to be corny, but they want to move into a place where they're thriving. And winning the, the the lottery looks to them. Ooh, you... I know. We're just cutting out again. Yeah, yeah. See, this is 
this is going back to obstacles in the universe, right? Testing me, right? Did you hear that? You disappeared again. No, right. you disappeared. And I do that frantic thing where I, I check I'm plugged in because I'm hardwired. I'm like, yes, I'm hardwired. Yes, so that's people li li listening to this on audio, the internet keeps dropping out. And this is interesting about the universe testing you. Because my internet would drop out, on Tuesday, I hardwired my internet. So I'm not on Wi-Fi anymore. I'm actually plugged into the system. No, and yet... But that's the point. That's the yeah. universe saying, you can do what you want, mate. We'll decide on the quality of your podcasts. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> because I am technically, <clears throat> I'm actually wired to, I'm actually connected, fully connected to the broadband, but it's coming up saying internet unstable. So that must be the broadband at my house, at my junction. Not can't be you. Pat. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's not me. Because if you remember the first podcast we did, you did disappear completely. Yes, yes. Was that the one? Do is you that remember? You? I do. Is that the one, though? Because I've had a few accidents like this, where my brother unplugged the Wi-Fi to do the hoovering. You blamed it on your mum. You, you told me your mum did it. <laughs> no, no. Right, so that was another podcast. So it's happened twice. <laughs> and, but this is what I mean, right? So this is what I'm saying. But if you're not careful, right, if you don't laugh about these things like you and I are, you will use them as excuses to beat yourself down. You will use them as excuses not to do something because it's not perfection. And, yeah, for, and for me, the biggest procrastination I had was chasing that perfection. Do you know, what I'm, you know, and now I'm just like yeah. and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I've mentioned this to guests before. When I talked to, um, I was doing a broadcast with Clark Barton, uh, an American fitness uh, model, um, and I'd cha not chased him for a while, but I'd reached out, and he was like, "Yeah, I'd love to do it." And I was like, "Oh wow, this is great!" And yeah, everything was fine. It was a brilliant podcast. Absolutely loved it. He had a new product to launch. He was really pleased with the discussion. And um, when I like went to listen back to it, it hadn't recorded him. The settings had changed on my software. I, because I had no technical knowledge, didn't realise. And I was just like, shit. And he literally messaged me 10 minutes later. was like, really enjoyed that. There's some great sound bites that would be useful for the product launch. Can you send me the MP3, please? And I was just like, no, because no, I'm a complete klutz. And I haven't got a clue what I'm bloody doing. And unfortunately, it only records. So you could see me, me and him talking, but you could only hear me. And when he spoke, it was like those old 1990s games uploaded. Where it was just like squealy noises, you know. And I was half waiting for a game to suddenly light up on the laptop. And I'll start playing it like it was 1995 or something. But all of these things, they're just life. life the stuff happens. Life happens. And we mustn't allow those things to prevent us from... It's exactly that. ...what we really love. Now, I think there's also, we've, we've kind of been talking about an, an individual and how an individual feels. But for me, it's so, so important for um, my clients. We need to have support networks yeah. so that we can reach out to people when they, those moments of, ah, and you're not quite sure what's gone, gone on or you just need to touch base with someone. And I think these, these networks are so important for days when you just feel rubbish. And I, I would 
did a live the other day. You can tell I go live a lot. I did a live the other day. <laughs> and we were... <laughs> I go live all the time, what can I say? Um, Pro. Now I can't remember. What I, yeah, I was going to say... What was I you were talking about networks and how important they are for supporting business. They are because, and this is what I was saying, you know, I... Because I was... It was on mindset. Um, a general mindset. And, you know, most people would say, I have got a really strong mindset, and I have, without yeah. any doubt in my mind. However... Even I have shitty days. And that's what I was saying. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay not to be great. The beauty of um, a good mindset, and I always call it the mindset muscle because it has to be exercised, it has to be worked out, and then it strengthens. Having a strong mindset means we can get past those days more easily, but it's okay to have them. And I always say, you know, when you're having them, reach out to someone. Go have a coffee with virtual coffee at the moment with somebody. Go and take the dog for a walk. Go and do anything. You know, take yourself away from from where you were at. And I mean, this is really important that we have those those networks and those mechanisms. And it's why I always have a business coach because I I quite like programs because it gives me a much um, broader range of um, support. But it's also why I've worked hard to build my own support network here. Yeah. And I would advise any business owner to do that. Um, Napoleon Hill, I think they talk about it as a mastermind, and it's really important that we have these people that we can you know, lean on and call on and are there for us in the good and the bad times. Yeah, because 100%. We are all going to have days when it doesn't work out, when the internet's shocking or all of those things. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I, I think it's the more help and support we can get. And that's quite a key thing. And I do talk about that with my clients. You know, what support do you have? You know, within, you know if your internet goes down, who do you call? You know, if you're having a really bad day, do you have someone you can pick up the phone to? And, and in business, if you want to talk business, I usually suggest you don't talk to your family. Who can you talk to the, <coughs> the family member? No, I agree 100%. I rarely now get into... And I, I need to just put in the... The, the clarification here i have a wonderful supportive family i do but i very 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 rarely ever share with them what i'm doing or why i'm doing it because it just you're, you're not going to get the feedback that you want no and and actually unless you're talking to someone in business you know they'll, they'll probably want to please you or they'll either tell you you're barking mad and it's a stupid idea or they'll tell you it's brilliant when it's not because they don't, they just want to yeah. do right by you, and that's not because they don't love us or, or want us to to be the best that we can possibly be. And it's not their mindset either. No. You know, they're, they're trying to watch a TV program, and you've come in all excited, telling them something, and they're like, actually trying to watch this. Shut up. <laughs> you know. My husband used to work in marketing. We used to work in advertising actually. The other day, I was talking, and he's a really good sounding boy actually. I was chatting away about something. He said, "Hang on a minute, grab, give me a pen." I know that didn't work. I said, what were you doing? He said, I was trying to do a play on word. I said, that's so old school marketing. Get out. (laughs) But I was trying. I went, yeah, but you failed. You get out. But he's, I'm very fortunate that he's quite good because of his background, business development, working in um, advertising and and for the paper and stuff. So he's quite a good person. Um, I I use him usually to run around and go celebrating my wins. And he's always there to celebrate my wins. Um, and he's sometimes quite helpful with marketing, sometimes not so helpful. No. But he does know why it's important and where it's coming from. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, and, and, and so do my kids, actually. I'm very yeah. fortunate that they get it as well. And you know, he can get as excited as I do when I get a new client comes on board and they want to 
hear all about them and what do they do. Their favourite clients are the ones that I have with dogs because we don't have a dog and my son is a massive, massive fan. He's desperate for a dog. So they, they're really happy when I get a client that has a dog. <laughs> my new criteria, my ideal perfect soul client must have dog. Yeah. I must because that's one of my things for podcasts. But I know they have a, if I know they have a dog, I always ask them. That's the first thing I'll ask them: is what what's your dog's called? How did you get it? Where did it come from? Why did you choose that dog? Because I love dogs. I, I I love dogs. I love cats. So if I if I discover that they have a dog or a pet, that will become the conversation. You know, even it's if it's a icebreaker. <laughs> that's actually the other. That I learned that by default. It actually mm -hmm. came from a place of interest. It's like, I, I know you've got this dog, you know, what, what's your dog called, you know, blah, blah, blah. And what I realised is they then suddenly kind of, all the boundaries go down. And they're like, oh yeah, the dog, blah, blah, blah. And then they, you have this really free-flowing conversation, but that was a fluke. That wasn't some kind of skill set that I, had, I, had, I was pre-armed with before I started. That was just something I learned by just, just happy. That was the universe having a nice day. That was the yeah. universe helping me out. The universe is always trying to help you. <laughs> you need to find a book for you. There's plenty I could choose from. I've got loads. I've got loads. But I actually do think it, which is, I think was, I was halfway through that conversation, then we got into internet disruptions, is I do think it's about, like you were saying, it's about being clear with your intentions, but actually breaking it down and understanding why it truly matters to you. Where, where is the value and the integrity in it? Because you're never going to achieve it if it's because, you know, like I said, the, the winning the lottery scenario is, is very rarely about winning the lottery. It, it's what it represents to you. So wishing to win the lottery isn't what's going to happen because it's because you're worrying about finances. You're worrying about things externally in your life. So that's what you should your desire should be to always feel comfortable and happy, not focusing on the lottery. It's Gabby Bernstein who always says, all you need to do is feel good. Yeah. That's yeah. all you need to concentrate on is feeling really good. I can't often say it before I get out of bed. Um, I would say before my eyes are open, today's going to be a really good day. But the cliche the intention for a really good day. But the cliche laughter is the best medicine. That's where it actually comes from. It was never about physical health like we think it is. It was about the prevention being better than cure. If you can cure. find laughter in your life every day, you're just going to, that is the perfect medicine for a good life. Um, I was going to add something because we've gone on to quite, because I am into law of attraction and manifesting. And when you work with me, you get a sprinkling of that. And depending on where you're at with it, you'll get a heavier sprinkling or a lighter sprinkling. It's that simple. Um, well, let's see, what have I got here? Um, but one of the things I always say, David, is... Do you know you that can, one? It, no, I haven't read that one. Have oh, don't that. start, because I've got a list as long as my arm. But one of the things I always say is, that and one? it's not... No, I haven't read that one. Abraham Don't Hicks. show me any more books, because... You've not got, got Abraham Hicks? No, you say I you're the law of attraction, you say law of attraction. I didn't say I was it. No, I listen to Abraham. I quite often get um, Abraham up on YouTube. I like listening to Abraham on YouTube. I've got a client who's listening to eight hours of Abraham Hicks on abundance. Trust on the process. 
Could you let me finish, David? Just stop with the books. I just, just so you know, just so you know the crackpot that you're talking to. <laughs> okay, you cannot have the woo without the do. So I'll say to my the friends, what? It is the, you can't have the woo without the do. It's not my phrase. It came from Penny Elliott. Sorry, I thought you said the womb. I was like, what? Oh, the woo. Can't have <laughs> yeah. the woo without the do. It's not my phrase. It belongs to Penny Elliott, um, who was my business coach. She's in New Zealand. I worked with her, I think, back in 2018, 2017. And, and it's always stuck with me. It doesn't matter how many times you say your daily mantras and do your um, journaling. You can't wish it to happen. You have to take the action. And so that's why working with me is really important that we know where we're going so that we can create the plan and we can take the action because that's the sign the universe needs so that it knows you're ready to receive your desires and the outcomes that you want in yeah. your business or inside your life. But yeah, you can't have the woo without the do. No, I agree completely. It's, um, it's, it's definitely because I, I am big into the law of attraction or the law of manifesting whatever whatever you feel uh or however comfortable you are I, I don't i'm not a huge proponent of the secret as i think that kind of a lot of these things is again because it came from the angle of if you want to be wish wish if you want to be rich and wealthy you just have to imagine it and it's like no because if it's not what you truly want you can't manifest that. It has to be in, in tune with your true desire. And most people don't know what that true desire is. And then you have that old programming, that old energy, the old patterns of thinking, the self-doubt, that is a process that you have to work through. And I always use the hot air balloon analogy. And it's like, if you imagine the way you think, the old habits, the old energy that's trapped in your body and your you sort of like and all of that it's no matter what mantra you use and no matter how high your frequency if you haven't dealt with that it's still the sandbag holding you to the ground mm. and every time you manage to cut one of those sandbags and let it loose you're going to raise your vibration a little bit higher you're going to raise your belief a little bit higher that frequency goes a bit higher and that coincides with where you are with your own self-worth and your belief not only in what you deserve, but what you can actually create and manifest. You know, but if you're coming, still holding on to the fact that you had a shitty childhood, you're still holding on to the fact that you were poor as a kid, you're still holding on to the fact that you don't have a qualification, you're not good enough, somebody else is better than you. Instead of, no, the right things, the right people will turn up for me. You have to believe that. And the only way you can believe that is by working on those doubts working on those demons to let them go not to, you can't remove them but so that when they pop up they don't hold any power or authority over you and when you find yourself in that place you kind of you cut another sandbag you cut another sandbag and as abraham hicks would call it you then go into the vortex and you stay in the vortex and you and the hot air balloon going back to my analogy raises and you then get to fly and you're no longer carrying sandbags that hold you down in the lower energies that stop the, manifest, uh, the manifestation from happening. happening. Yeah. If that makes sense. We could talk about that one all day, really, couldn't we? We can, we can do that on another podcast if you want. 
it's a whole different discussion, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, bringing it back to your business, which is the reason I got you back on here. Um, mm -hmm. Because, like I said, in the very first podcast, we never, I don't even think I asked you what the name of your business is. Well, I work as me. I am me. I yeah. am. But what I call myself is um, the energetic coach because I believe that with the, the right energy, you can achieve anything. I agree. And that right energy comes from knowing where you want to go, <laughs> putting it in sat nav, yeah. taking the action, you know, and, and doing that work. And for me, that that's what every, everything I do is about. And I, at the moment, I've been saying that I'm on a mission. So I'm on a mission to inspire, elevate and guide. 100 female entrepreneurs or more to realize their full potential so that potential that i was talking about at the beginning where it's all bubbling up not what they're hiding what's bubbling up and i have the privilege of doing that in you know by working with me on a one-to-one -one basis or in a group program and that is um how i will you know women can work in that way with me um, i don't have any group programs for men but i do coach men as well and i work with them on a one-to-one -one basis and I, I like being able to work with both and that's kind of the way I've, I've never I had changed the way I, I talk about my business and it is very female focused but it still brings men and that's yeah. that's fine by me because I work I'm happy to work with both so what is your business called again if you go to the the website is lindsayburden.com there we go for the first time in this podcast it's actually there lindsayburden.com <laughs> That's three, three podcasts, and that's the first time it's been mentioned. <laughs> it's the quality of the interviewer. <laughs> He's brilliant. Yeah. It yeah. is. Um, and actually, just so if people do reach out to you, what, what is the process that you start them on? I usually suggest that they book a business freedom coaching call, which you can find a link to on my website, which is lindsayburden.com, just to get that in again. Yeah. Um, because... When you work with a business coach, it's a two-way street, and it's really important that we're a really good fit, so that you know we have a connection to be able to move forward. So I usually start there, and I have done business freedom coaching calls where I've, able, I've been able to go. These are the steps you need, and I can you know literally go. You, you can go and do those because not everyone is ready to work with a coach, but you will always yeah. come away from the call with clarity of what needs to be done, what you need to focus your attention on. And that could be quite short term or it could be, can be longer term. So I usually, usually suggest that people book a business freedom coaching call or they can join my Make It Happen Facebook group, which is the place for um, entrepreneurs to connect, engage and grow. And I love being in there. It's a real awesome place. And I do my I do live free live training in there. I do a weekly masterclass. We have topics and conversation for each day, which we're just about to um, just do a bit of a revamp and a, a lift again. And that's where you'll find me hanging out most days in the Facebook group, which I love. And of course, you can find me on social media. If you search for Lindsay Bird and you'll find me on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. But I don't spend much time there. No. And um, all of those Twitter. links would be on lindsayburden.com. If you go to my website, there is a little thing. In the little, you can find my Facebook group, my Twitter account, my Instagram account, all from the homepage of my website. And your Linktree account, is that on there? Do you no, have that's a very not posh on there, one. Oh, I love Linktree. Yeah, you yes, have a very you posh one, don't Instagram, you? Yeah, go to my Instagram account and click on my bio. You'll go to Linktree, which is where you can find links to everything, all my freebies, all my downloads, my blogs and everything. So just before we finish up completely, what would your 10-year plan be for you right now? 
I'm going to be a millionaire. Not not a multi-millionaire, because we've got to think well, big. Well, I, yes, and interesting you should say that, because the other day I was thinking, why did I just put millionaire? Why didn't I just put a multi? Because do yes, you remember? Sorry, I, do you, do you remember when like when you and I were kids, millionaire was massive. They were rare. Whereas now there's like so many millionaires, it's just like billionaires are not even rare. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Do you remember those that old isn't... those old films where like, they they there's a ransom of a million dollars, and they're oh. like, how do we raise the money? Governments were worried. Whereas now, like people are like, oh, I'll pay that tomorrow. Oh. When do you want it? Yeah. But don't you think that's amazing that we're in a world where anyone, not just Del Boy, anyone can be a millionaire if you set your mind to it and if you, yeah. you know, want to do that. And actually, that's on my 10-year plan. And when I work with my clients, um, I, I share my planning with Alina. So when I do my 10-year plan, I write myself a letter from 10 years in the future and it starts, wow, you are a millionaire. And that's it cool. tells, says all things. I also do a letter from my, uh, to myself um, three years in the future. So um, mine says in, you know, in this year, um, <laughs> Gavin, which is my husband, um, was able to make the decision to give up work. So that's come two years forward. That that's wasn't in the plan. <laughs> He's ahead of my plan. I'm not sure about that. But yeah, so I write a letter. So I do my 10 year plan and then I write a letter um, from the future, 10 years in the future and three years in the future to myself here and now. And I usually do one for the 12 months as well. Just to celebrate what what I've received, what I've received, and, and what I've achieved, and what's happened. And that's a great. I know, place. I, live in, I live in the future. No, and that's but that that's that's a great place to finish the podcast. Thank you. Thanks.